So between 3 and 3.15 in the morning in Sicily, I wrote down quickly a manifesto which I would like to read to you. It's, I would like to call it the, Mani the Minnesota Declaration. <laughs> Truth and Fact in Documentary Cinema, and it has the title Lessons of Darkness. And the lessons are numbered. Five. There are deeper strata of truth in cinema, and there is such a thing as poetic, ecstatic truth. It is mysterious and elusive and can be reached only through fabrication and imagination and stylization. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. This episode has been make in the making for about, I would like to say, five to six months or more. And we are finally convening to do this episode. Before I introduce the topic of the episode, we have a new guest. So first, I'll introduce him. Along with him, we have Aryan and Ashwini, who have come in uh, other episodes and to talk about. I think Nolan <clears throat> was the one Ashwini came recently, and Aryan keeps on coming, which is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, the new person we uh, I I have to introduce is uh, Amit. Uh, he's a friend from Instagram. We connected on Instagram. We've talked a lot about film, a lot of some like things we like, a lot of things we don't like, uh, football, etc., etc. But yes, Amit, please. He's a film enthusiast, of course, which is why I've called him. I'm not gonna just call everyone <laughs> on the podcast who's not into film. But uh, yes, Amit, go ahead. Please introduce yourself. Where um, everything. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Fine. I'm Amit. I'm, I'm from Kerala. Yes. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> technically, I'm not. Who, this is not really my first time on this. Yes, podcast. that's true. Actually, me and Amit have recorded one episode, which was had, which was a great episode, but the audio quality was really bad, so we couldn't uh, release it. And we but, planned another episode. Did we? Yeah, the whole Nanpakal thing, right? Oh yes, the Nanpakal thing. Yes, yes. Plan. Yeah, yeah we have. I mean, there are so many episodes that are planned and not happening. It's a bit mind-boggling, honestly. But Amit we, will... Yes, go see. I guess we planned the whole Charlie Kaufman thing when I was still in first year, I guess. First now year I'm of college. Yeah, so yes, you can year. you can see how much time this has been in the making, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but finally, we are here. Four of us are here to talk about a filmmaker we love. I think... Whoever's not aware of this filmmaker, I think uh, before even we start discussing about it uh, and him, I would really like you to watch his films even before our discussion convenes, uh, just because I think it's he's one of our most essential filmmakers working today. And uh, we really want to try and cover his filmography in detail and talking about, you know, specifics, what makes him so good. Uh, in today's day uh, and age. So I think the person I'm talking about is Jafar Panahi. Uh, he's an Iranian filmmaker. For whoever is not aware, he came up during sort of 90s Iranian new wave. He worked with Abbas Kiristami as the legendary sort of Iranian filmmaker as an assistant director. Then he made the white... So his, so his filmography is essentially divided into two halves. So one of its pre-arrest and one of its post-arrest. We'll be discussing the post-arrest uh, post-arrest phase, but his pre-arrest work itself is great. A lot of it's been awarded, nominated in festivals like Cannes, Venice, Locarno, Berlin. Uh, so please do check those films out. The titles are White Balloon, The Mirror, The Circle, Offside, and Crimson Gold. 
so that's that's what all he did before the period of films we are going to talk about which is i think 2011 onwards so he got arrested in 2010 in march essentially he's a filmmaker who's never operated in accordance with what the government wants he's someone who's always been against them in ways which have been coy and very forth sometimes coy and oblique later on i suppose but very clear about what things they don't what things he thinks are not correct in society are not just in his society and i feel as the sort of supreme leader i think ali khamenei right correct me if i'm wrong of iran and everything sort of he at at in sort of march 2010 iranian authorities sort of went and arrested 15 plus guests with panahi his daughter and his wife also i think and he they charged him with propaganda against sort of iranian government and uh, initially i think it was meant to be a 20 year a 6 year imprisonment and a 20 year film making ban the, he got out on bail but uh, the film making ban is still in place right and he has made five films during that time uh recently i think he he again had gotten arrested went on a hunger strike and sort of was needed had to be released in an act of so he's consistently fighting he's consistently making films uh and all we can do essentially is talk about them and it's nothing like it's 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 a nothing task for us to do it but it's something hopefully we can illuminate or elaborate about what makes his films so special before we start the discussion of his films i want to make it very clear that uh, one of the things that i've recurrently sort of read and heard about uh, jafar panahi's films whenever i you know watch a film and read reviews and everything is this sense that it doesn't really matter the quality of his films uh, it's that the fact that he's making films itself is a big thing right i think that's the recurrent sort of emotion there mm-hmm. I really want to push back against that if anything in this episode because I don't think the circumstances dictate his productions but they don't dictate his production quality that's very important to me because I think he's a great filmmaker who's making sort of infinite spaces with the limited space he's given and I think it's very important for us to acknowledge that as film as film lovers also right I think uh, I don't want to have this sort of i don't i mean it's there but i don't want it to be like the watermark for his post arrest phase in a way so you can take that as a sort of personal thing from my end but i i do really feel feel that we should champion him as a filmmaker also only also sometimes like not just the fact that you know he's operating in really really that is crucial also i'm not denying mm-hmm. that it's just that it it is not the significant factor or like the caveat sorry not it's not the caveat that he is making lousy films he's not he's making incredible films and we are going to be talking about not only that if nothing then it's only helped his technique evolve to greater extents as yeah. you as you pointed out offline that he operates in these whatever you said about he operates in these mini spaces and then creates different dimensions and adds on to those layers yeah. so yeah Yeah no I mean I I I think uh, yeah we should so any any other thoughts guys on Jafar Panahi opening thoughts and then we will dive into this is not a film 
taxi and no bears the most and we'll skim over without spoilers uh, on closed curtain and three bears with three faces <laughs> i'm going to so deliberately did that didn't you <laughs> no 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 i was waiting for you to correct me arun three bears faces. and no faces yes yes three face three faces <laughs> yes my god anyways but ashwini and amit any other thoughts on uh, opening thoughts on jafar panahi um जिकल यूटोपिया towards which a lot of filmmakers operate and this, this is what i learned from uh, talking to them uh, doing my uh, ma dissertation so and and panahi in some ways or the other is uh, is is a very perfect symbol for that and uh, like you were mentioning and this thought uh, originated from, from your idea only like you said that he uh, is seen at Uh, creating infinite spaces from the limited spaces that he is accorded, and uh, in that I uh, realize that uh, actually uh, he is in his films, which are very much rooted in his reality, are uh, is not creating a certain representation of reality, but a presentation of truth. And uh, again, so when I say presentation of truth. Uh, i was trying to borrow from uh, herzog's uh, minnesota document if you guys have heard mm-hmm. of it where he uh, mentioned how truth is elusive truth is not something that can be merely captured by observation it has to uh, be revealed and, uh, and that revelation happens in the process and that process is something panahi has perfected like he is able to bring the elusive truth out and uh, in his uh, In in that act itself, he is creating a presentation of the truth rather than creating a representation of reality. Now I'll dwell on this uh, idea more. It's not completely my idea. I think uh, Pratik was the director of E Bale O, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, he talked to me and he uh, sort of uh, gave an insight about how he views documentaries to be presentations of truth. rather than being representations of reality because representation is a in many ways is a problematic word right mm-hmm. so so i'm i'm borrowing from a lot of different ideas and i'm seeing panaya as someone who has a, who has been able to be the living piece of evidence for the aspirations of a lot of filmmakers mm-hmm. you know so yeah. that is i think my opening uh, position on panaya and i would yeah. like to you know expand on this only Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I so I I think this is the most gushing thing you will hear from, like the most gushes in any episode I think you've ever heard. Because I don't think we are anything. There is much to be. Uh, we are not. We are not critical in the sense here. But I, yeah, I don't know if if there will be any critiques. Is my point. But let's see. Maybe there are uh, few and far in between. Maybe. But yes, we will begin with this is not a film, which is made in twenty eleven. and it's the phase where he's waiting at his house in iran 
for the sentencing he's going to get from the court and this film this film is famously notorious for the way it was sent to a film festival in a usb drive uh, uh, which was found in a cake right like they stuffed it inside a cake and it went to was it cans or when is one of them it was uh, but uh, done so yeah okay so yes yeah, so again this whole idea you know the whole production history of the film i think is sort of overtaken some of the film's own merit sometimes anyways but the film uh, what do you guys think we are going to be talking spoilers i don't think in this film especially there's anything to do with spoilers as such in any case so i think people who've not even watched it can listen through but uh, uh, one of the things i'll definitely recommend is to watch his work chronologically actually because this film references a lot of his work from pre his uh, arrest but anyways guys yeah, i guess ahead. i this particular in particular three films that this is not a film references mm-hmm. uh, the circle the crimson gold and um, mirror the other one mirror the mirror which i think and I have, actually is one of the films that gets referenced a lot in a lot of his films but yes go ahead and i haven't watched any of them watch all of them <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> i would right. watch the offside and white but in like yeah it. Yeah. No, but oh, I, mean, I think it's his. Uh, according to me, it's his uh, best pre-arrest film easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I liked it very much. Upside yeah. is just so good. Uh, Amit, you can start first on this is not a film. Whatever, what I know, you watched it a while back, right? But whatever you yeah. remember, whatever you think, uh, the film. What struck you about it the first time you watched it? Um. Okay. Okay, actually, you will I, think I, first, right? Okay, Ashwini, yeah. you go first. I'm sorry, I I put you on the mark. My my fault. Yes, Ashwini, go ahead. Maybe we should we should do. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, for this is not a film. I think the uh, one thing that uh, struck with me when I watched it first three years ago was the fact that uh, it's a film free from the obligation to be a film, yeah. and. Uh, it somehow is an act of defiance and mm-hmm. uh, and and all of that but uh, i mean uh, in many ways it also uh, has those flashes of being manifestations of a filmmaker's annoyance of, yes. of his own you know uh, limitations and yes. uh, you are you can see him him being particularly annoyed because these are the limitations Uh, which are extrinsic to him. These are not artistic mm-hmm. limitations that are originating inherently to him. Uh, yeah. Which which uh, which an artist can obviously engage and deal with. But when the limitations are extrinsic in that manner, it's it's obviously shackling. And uh, mm-hmm. and yet the the very effort to uh, render art uh, as a process is very fluid this way. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, what he is essentially doing uh, with this is not a film uh, when he films it in a in a in an actual flat where he is home arrested establishes uh, the process of creation to be like water where uh, you cannot hold it it mm-hmm. has to stop on its own you mm-hmm. uh, and and it will take the shape of whatever you know a uh, space that it is occupying but mm-hmm. uh, it's not possible to confine it strictly yes. confine it yeah. right and uh, it has a very potent force of itself yeah. so uh, 
and again this is one thing second thing is uh, one might uh, argue that uh, something like this is not a film is very uh, is is borderline incoherent and mm. uh, because there is no uh, f- uh, flow in 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 like like it it is uh, like they are present in in traditional scripts mm-hmm. where you move from one event to another uh, in a in a particular structure yeah. however uh, what i do uh, i mean how i view this is not a film is to be very descriptivist in that mean uh, where uh, there are parts and uh, you see the parts and they are uh, so sort of to read those parts you have the conventional film structure uh, mm. in your mind that you have understood uh, in your experience uh, being a cinephile and yes. then you read his text against that classical narrative structure that he has mm-hmm. you know that classical narrative structure of the film and you read yep. his text against that and uh, and, and that that this film is playing very strongly against that convention you know very but, very uh, no uh, sorry ashwini i just i don't want to interrupt you but i just i just want to say that this is docu fiction essentially right like what you are saying also it's like that mix almost of classical and uh, i feel this is this is like almost like this is not a film sort of to me emphasizes what docu fiction actually is in any case that sort of you know what you were saying about that unflow what, what you're saying disruptive flow right to me it's basically like uh-huh. two forces sort of you know com- like playing against each other in a way which you can see but i think because you can see it it's also has a very strange effect and i i mean i i'll speak about it after aryan but yeah aryan uh, ashwini any any other thoughts sorry i no 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 so i i'll be very happy if you guys pick uh, pick up from this only okay yeah aryan okay. go ahead so i started watching banai's film chronologically starting from the white balloon and then offside mm-hmm. and then whatever came later mm-hmm. and by the time i was uh, i reached uh, this is not a film that came out in 2011 where he was basically put under house arrest i started to uh, dissect a bit how the comparisons between the inevitable comparisons that people make between him and kirastami mm-hmm. and uh, i began to see how banai has always been he has always been more interested in focusing down and tapping down onto the struggles of women in iranian society no. to amplify the larger scale of oppression that the entire nation is basically constantly living under because of the oppressive regime okay and this is not a film i think it is a film that marks the beginning of the phase where basically film became a medium of self expression for him and mm. we often see this debate going around in elite circles where you constantly keep arguing what are the merits of separating the art from the artist and where mm. does the line exactly stand okay mm. now this is not a film is basically the film where it started to become his personal life started to become so closely aligned with whatever his struggles were with the authoritarian government at the time that basically the thin boundary that often separates the art from the art from yeah. the artist that started become started becoming permeable okay yeah. and i still remember how i felt at the end of this is not a film where you don't need to go out of your way always to create these fictional avenues 
and i don't know how much of that was planned but the last shot of this is not a film where basically from what i remember he sees a fire being lit it's essentially it's fire crackers people are celebrating and that is yes. you see it as a fire essentially right down right down this uh, apartment right? apartment yeah and that's where it ends and hmm. for me and what we see before that is him going through this existential uh, crisis when he's stuck in the apartment and at a point he decides to take matters and things into his own hands he says that all these films that i used to make once they anyways used to stem out of my own mind out of my hmm. own creations it's his creation then hmm. i might as well start doing it myself and start blocking scenes and painting these uh, scenarios by myself in my own apartment but then we see, start to see how that doesn't work mm-hmm. and that is precisely why this is not a film is not just a movie about this huge usually acclaimed filmmaker trying to get a film across across countries to uh, send it in film festivals but it's mm-hmm. also a film about how film making is always will always be a collaborative process mm-hmm. and once you have this once you have an authoritarian regime that tries to dismantle it you are mm-hmm. going to have this moment of crisis but of then the way things fall into place by the end of the film this quite mm-hmm. ironic seeing how uh, those contrasts are being created yeah and i think the ending for that film just it took me quite a while to get over that yeah no i also want to mention before saying anything that this film is co-directed by mochtaba mirta masab uh he's a docu- he was a documentarian and uh, he's also he's the one who's shooting panahi in his apartment uh and then panahi later takes the camera on his own uh but yeah i think whatever you and ashwini said definitely sort of resonates with me also but i was uh, one of the things i because i had seen no bears before this uh this was my first time i watched it i thought it was a great sort of flip side uh to no bears like it, it like it feels like a great starting point for a filmmaker and you know of course the context at this point in time and this is not a film is that uh he's stuck in his apartment he's having an existential crisis of sorts some of it's planned to be short some of it's not planned to be short and the whole tension between that sort of it breaks in the beginning only i, mean, I love how he integrates the mirror uh the circle and sort of you know uh crimson gold in his narrative itself i think one of the notes i sort of made is that he talks about letting his cast away or like sort of you know that's a mi- the mirror thing when he breaks the sort of fourth wall essentially and is like you know this all was planned before mm-hmm. but uh, what you're going to see now is not planned essentially is the mirror moment i feel in the film itself and then he talks about how in crimson gold like a performance of a amateur artist brings something with it itself and i think in the circle he's talking about location and how location without being planned itself conveys so much about uh, a person's state of mind and all that i think i'll i'll connect this to the ending because i think all three of these things come inside the ending in some very amazing way but one of the, but ashwini i think mentioned disruptive and that is the exact sentiment i had with this this film is consistently on off on off on off i think that like you know it's this whole ability that he's wanting to tell a story he's wanting to make a film and 
I I mean it's ravishing to me how he actually narrates stories which he is not been allowed to made by the Iranian government in this film like he like I was so engrossed into his telling of the story which I think kind of takes shape in three bears a little three faces a little bit uh but yes yeah, so I think like there's so much uh, even on that front that sort of fascinates me but overall the sort of governing sentiment of this for me is that disruptive rhythm that idea of and i think that's such a great itself becomes like a great like metaphor yeah, for how how iranian cinema in general is operating right because it's like it's never allowed to continuously classically as ashwini was saying operate and like you know go you know enough it it's not allowed to flow because you know i think one of the key moments is when he's talking about his films uh, his you know he's explaining the film he's making uh he couldn't make sorry but then he interrupts himself and says if i could tell films why should i make them or something mm-hmm. like that you know that push and pull between like uh wanting to make a film and almost making it by telling us everything about his film and you know other part bits and parts but it's so broken up by these incidents you know in the middle which sort of prove what ashwin was saying about the disruptive rhythm i think and that like really got to me and i was incredibly moved by the film and uh, i think a great way to amplify and magnify the same disruption that he is himself going through and his absolutely. career is going through yeah yeah absolutely like it's and I, again like there's this really i want to point this minor moment out where i think uh, someone says he says to panahi uh, he says to uh, mochtaba who's the cameraman at that point uh, cut and the uh, the cameraman is like you're not directing you're not allowed to direct uh we can't cut you know i'll decide when to do all this yeah. but then you see when he's narrating the story and he says cut and the ca- at the exact moment the camera cuts yeah. when he says cut and like that contrast itself i think is so like incredible and then later there'll be a moment where he says something about like you know turning the camera away cutting that is not there but like there's that one moment where it's in sync and i think that's like so wonderfully done and i think like this is the sort of thing i i'm talking about like you know how the film is put together and edited also like i think it's incredibly perceptive the way they've done it and it's uh, moments like those that make you go that it wasn't just a fluke it wasn't just yeah, yeah, yeah. instinctive decision that let's start shooting on the camera and then just for the sake of it we'll smuggle it out to exactly like i i mean i one of the big one of the things was was this thing slapped together like i think that's the whole exactly. sentiment right yeah yeah it might have been slapped together in terms of the footage they shot mm. the way it's cut is not slapped together at all because yeah. it 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 has a distinct flow to it mm. the flow being a disruptive one but it has that distinctive flow to it mm. and uh, the ending i think is sensational the whole ending in the elevator uh, is tense it's funny it's really funny because this they don't know where they are stopping and that channels mm-hmm. his anxiety in any case because he's taken the camera downstairs out outside his apartment the location comes into play of the elevator which was she talked about in crimson gold mm-hmm. uh the performance of the actor who he's with the is sort of guy, natural right? the delivery guy his yeah. story reveals itself very like itself through mm-hmm. that situation and i i was just watching in awe and i was like what has he made because <laughs> i i i couldn't imagine this film being made in that circumstance being made this well yeah. uh so i think that's sorry i went off on one uh, amit you can please say something yeah. i'm uh, sorry I, 
Yeah. So again, I watched it a while back. So yeah. I don't have a lot to add. And mm-hmm. you, all three of you have already said most of the stuff that yeah. I all I've already figured out. But mm-hmm. I already I've only watched it once. Mm-hmm. And okay, the, the one thing that uh, stri- struck me so well was again the whole thing that you just mentioned right now. How mm-hmm. he introduces Crimson Gold, Circle, and Mirror. All three films again, I have watched none of them, uh-huh. and yet you know he explains it very well, right? How the actor plays, um, the actor directs the scene. How how the the amateur actor, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. how the location directs the scene. All that comes into play at the end, and I was only thinking like, okay, this is more than just a film that was smuggled out of yeah. the country in a cake, uh, yeah. in a pen drive, mm-hmm. for the sake of it. Because it's more than that; it's just a very well-made film. That was my first yeah. impression. And yeah, I mean, goes on to say what kind of impression. uh the film would leave on viewers like amit who might ha- might be discovering panahi for the first time through his post arrest phase exactly so you instantly know the scale the scope of what this man has accomplished and what uh, where he stands and what has been taken away from him basically yeah. that he's left to shoot in a hmm. in a in a cramped apartment basically yeah. i think it's that whole thing what you uh, shivani was saying act of defiance it is an act of yeah. defiance that this is I think the thing is that this is a film. Firstly, this is many films. I love the uh, poster, by the way. The yes, yes, it's great. Oh, the poster is just incredible. Yeah, I, I think this is an act. And the act of defiance here is that it's not just a film; it's a bloody great film. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that's the act of defiance here. I think, and I mean, I actually think this might be my. I've been thinking about this movie so much since I watched it, and I've thought about all of his movies, but this actually might be my favorite. uh so yeah you know, i was I actually i was actually planning to i watched this is not a film around early last year or early in 2021 i guess mm-hmm. and i was i was even before i started watching i was like i'll probably explore panai now chronologically and mm-hmm. i'll probably uh as consume his post arrest phase mm-hmm. films work whatever and i watched this is not a film and i was like no there's no way i can just start his next film i yeah. need some months to get over this <laughs> and so i've happened. been on a binge so i mean i've clearly been uh, not <laughs> following that advice ashwini any thoughts final thoughts sorry then we'll move on um oh can i add something yes yes amit yes yeah, i thought you said is... nothing to add that's why so no, yeah. fine <laughs> okay, this is yeah. definitely not about how good the film is it's rather mm-hmm. about how influential the film is on a personal mm-hmm. level because again why i clearly mentioned the whole actor being the director or the location being yeah. the director that thing is because um i started to work on my short mm-hmm. when i was you know we when we were planning to do this episode so mm-hmm. um, that was like the earliest um, kind of inspiration like i guess i've sent you a few notes about my films right yes. uh, about the short And multiple I, uh, voice notes amit yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm sorry for that <laughs> stop saying sorry go ahead yeah, yeah and um uh, and i guess also i've suggested a few things that i could yeah. probably try out mm-hmm. and yeah. some of them like um i guess that whole inspiration comes directly from yeah. this film in one way or the other probably from entire 
summarize filmography because one thing I've noticed is the dialogue is brilliant, even though you don't understand the language. Mm-hmm. The subtitle that dialogue, is, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, even if it's subtitled, like the whole way it is doing, or I guess it's just a general Persian thing because it's a naturalistic like, only. You know, like it never feels like it's. Uh, it's it never feels like you know because he's always. It doesn't feel very dramatized. It's always dabbling in uh, docu and fiction, so I think it needs to be hmm. naturalistic to kind of con you even when it's like uh, drama. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, the acting. Okay, that was one thing I left out earlier. Like, mm-hmm. um, I guess I've seen that Parish um, Rawal video or something. I I just possibly Parish seen, Rawal uh, video. What is? Yeah, this? I guess it is Parish Rawal. I'm not really sure. Some actor mentions that yeah, yeah, Parish Rawal films have some great acting. Ah, well. okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so like uh, in I only was a handful of Iranian films before I watched it. This is not a film. Including mm-hmm. Panahi's two films, which is mm-hmm. uh, Offside and White Balloon. I don't know why mm-hmm. I keep mentioning it again. And uh, I guess okay. uh, um, Kiara is. Uh, I guess. Uh, no, uh, repeat, 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 Amit, please. Yeah, I'm sorry. No problem. Um, repeat. Stop saying sorry, but please repeat. <laughs> yeah, fine. So, a handful of um, Iranian films, I only watched a few of them. Yeah. And one thing I've distinctly noticed is that how good the acting is because Zafar Panahi is giving such a great performance in this is not a film, and he's a director. He's not a professional actor like yeah. you expect out to I be. I think that that's something maybe we should talk about more in his other films also, like his acting. Exactly. Actually, yeah. yeah, because it becomes more evident. I feel in Nobel's cost, and yeah, definitely in Taxi too. Yeah. But there are other performances in Taxi that. Just feels yes, yeah. yeah. Taxi is a film of uh, uh, exceptional performances. I think we'll get to that exactly. first. But uh, Ashwini, any other thoughts? Ashwini yeah. Is. So actually, uh, here only. Uh, yes, yes. I was going to uh, sort of again pick up on what I was saying before. Yeah. And and, uh, and how why why Panahi is so important in this conversation is because uh, so what what we have to understand. And uh, is is uh, how a camera engages with a certain reality, mm-hmm. like the presence of a camera uh, not only disrupts it and uh, disturbs it, but also creates two different realities of thoughts. One is mm-hmm. that is before the camera, and one that exists outside of it. And yeah. uh, you will see a lot of filmmakers, uh, documentary filmmakers. I'm talking about. I'm not talking yeah. about fiction filmmakers who mm-hmm. uh, are seen attempting to. Isolate themselves from the reality that is before the camera. Hmm. Panahi is one person uh, through his process. He has proven that it's not possible to uh, isolate yourself from the reality that is before the camera. Hmm. Right. And again, what he has also proven is that it is not also possible to separate the two realities. One is that is outside the camera, and one that is before the camera, because hmm. both the realities are constantly engaging with each other. maybe yeah. they are not two realities at all yeah and your camera is a part of the reality itself so your camera has to be placed uh, positioned within the reality that you are trying to sort of you know uh, yeah. observe through the camera mm-hmm. so uh, what i'm trying to say essentially say is that the reality that the camera mm-hmm. is capturing uh, mm-hmm. is not a function of a certain thing but it is a function of the camera and camera mm-hmm. is a very much a part of it yeah okay 
so this is matter so just to clarify so it matters where you put it where how you put it how it's what it's looking at what it's not looking at right etc etc all those sort of uh, yes but also also it matters how it reached the you know how, how the camera is. reached mm-hmm. yeah so this is now uh, again so uh, expanding on this particular thing the first elusive truth he's bringing to the table through his this film this is not a film and taxi and everything that he made in the poster at the poster as period is mm-hmm. that there is an arrest that is one mm-hmm. thing which uh, uh, and and there are very many constraints which are being put to the creative process in mm-hmm. the socio political landscape of iran and it's mm-hmm. just not limited to panahi okay so that is uh, one thing second thing that i felt that he is bringing to the table through his expression and why this film is again important is the fact that uh, so like you mentioned that sequence in which he says why uh, make a film if you could tell a film mm-hmm. so there is a uh, very visible uh, conflict uh, in him and on his face also some yeah. part of it is annoyance what i am trying to say is that this is the very innate feelings uh, of every artist whenever mm-hmm. they face uh, challenges to their own creative in their own creative processes mm-hmm. and these challenges can be we commonly known some of them as creative blocks or mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they are very uh, tangible resource challenges and then again in panahi's case they are these are challenges which are legal and political in nature so uh, so uh, what i'm trying to say is that the elusive truth he is bringing to the table is that a creative process cannot exist in isolation from the reality it is uh, inhibited mm-hmm. right and uh, you are everything that you are doing to make it exist is only uh, pushing against the wall mm-hmm. which has of course which has its own importance because this mm-hmm. is the reason why panahi himself is doing it and it's it's very uh, remarkable how after making this is not a film and taxi it makes no bears because uh, no bears is very self reflexive that way you know so it's a, so, it's a turn total turn i think like it exactly turns, so uh-huh. you were saying no, that uh, we might not be critiquing panahi so much because we are so much in gushing mode right now but panahi himself is critiquing exactly. his position uh, yes <laughs> so, yes we will we will get to that in nobes i think that's we because i think that's a that's a sem, i it will be a i i i have a feeling after whatever 5 10 years also it will be one of those texts which people will look back at and say that you know oh this movie came out because i mean award season is garbage we've discussed this before uh and i think it generally some... does something very new to the entire form of cinema absolutely like it, it, it is something new within panahi's filmography also mm-hmm. totally so we'll move briefly on to close curtain and then go to taxi because i think it's best to follow it yeah. logically close curtain we'll only discuss spoiler free because ashwini hasn't seen it uh, aryan i'll ask you for your opinions first and you can keep them brief it's fine and i think just to mention close curtain is a 2013 film uh, mm-hmm. it's also co-directed so it's directed by panahi and co-directed by kambozia partovi who's also stars in the film uh it's shot by mohammad raza jahanpana so it's again not shot by panahi and uh, i i think it's panahi's most divisive work from what i have gauged and uh and 
yeah i mean i think it follows neatly from this is not a film and it's a considerably more som- somber despairing almost dispiriting work uh, mm-hmm. but yeah arin go ahead uh, what so close quarters is certainly not one of my favorite padai films but mm-hmm. it deserves great appreciation just for the fact that he himself might have recognized whatever he did with this is not a film Mm. and recognized what limitations and again what circumstances he is making the film under and it's similarly structured it's similarly uh, uh if you look at where it takes place it's basically again taking place rolling out in the same apartment vill- okay. different no villa i think some seaside yeah villa. but in a in a house it's in a house yeah confinement is within, yes. within yes. four walls right yes. with closed curtains <laughs> which so, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and half it up until half it of the film you don't know what is going on you don't know what oh, yes. the plot of the film is you don't know yeah, yeah. what is at stake okay and he cleverly, we won't spoil it but yes yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he cleverly acknowledges whatever uh, that he's already done with such a setting he's already done the best of he's already made the best use of it and this is not a film so here he introduces certain styles and certain approach Hmm. a certain approach that just makes it extraordinary on yeah. on how it is uh, structured basically and whatever tools it uses i'm trying not to spoil but yes yes, uh, yes. Whatever, whatever tools it's it okay. uses to mm-hmm. reinforce that disconnect that he has yeah. from the society from his yeah. own uh, yeah. from his own art form that he's so mastered okay, yeah. okay? and i think there's some shots from the film that are again oh absolutely you yeah. have clearly uh, just a few days back you have mm-hmm. elaborated on them on instagram yeah. and i think it is again one of the best endings that i've seen in yeah. film and yeah it, it's great it's still yeah. it's not one of his best works but it is mm-hmm. still great yeah amit and so uh, one thing i feel is like um, from whatever i read and i started making that film in a state of melancholy and mm. so there is that very deep emotional connection which can be seen in his performance too like he isn't as you know active in some way like he is in this is not a film but he's still there he's doing great mm-hmm. or at least whatever you can it's defined in its like its last sequence even though it ends on fire i think it it the yeah. act that he goes the fact that he goes down there and discovers like almost makes a new film with one person in mm. the elevator i think is each film feels more like an act of defiance i think this is more in this is bitter sweet in the bitter on the much bitter end i think like it yeah. is a yeah yeah um i i certainly like the film again there is no bad pana here like you said mm-hmm. so I, i i don't really think i can uh, you know rank his films in some way mm-hmm. or the other uh, it's definitely a very personal film to him and i'll probably check it out later when i finish the, the entire filmography of his yeah which is right now you know pre arrest after that i'll check it out again and i'll confirm my thoughts again okay Yeah so I mean I I think I'm more I'm much higher well I think this is one of my favorite panahis actually so uh, I like slow dispiriting cinema I suppose uh, slow per- yeah do end up falling asleep while watching slurs I've sl- <laughs> I fall- I've fallen asleep while watching close curtain also so uh, oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 
the falling asleep thing is hardly but probably lost your goods too hard very funny very funny man dhruv kan chitru chela ne right which movie oh nuri bilji chela once oh, upon a time in a note and told you i have different levels of uh, problems about <laughs> chela i think we will discuss that later i know everyone here is a chela fan sorry <laughs> uh but uh, no 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 i was saying uh, i think it's mostly this idea i, I read somewhere online <laughs> that this is this is quite funny but this was panahi's yeah. charlie kaufman film and yeah, it, it kind of makes sense yeah, yeah. i guess uh, even i even i stated that and my yeah. okay like yeah, I, so yeah i stated like i guess it was like a synoptic in new york something like that yeah if i get that okay i understand that i yeah i don't know i think this is a better film than synecdoche in new york sorry okay definitely uh, i agree with that uh but uh, but no i i, I just think uh, it uh, i'm not going to spoil it of course but the way it converses with his feeling of being in between this scenario of not i think he i think there's a genuine guilt on an artist's part sometimes that they are making an art making the art about themselves you know that that guilt of making a self portrait again i think is more there in close curtain i feel he wants to actually not make a film about himself and wants to make a film about other people and other things and i think that pain to me comes across in in close curtain in some way like i i feel it's a film in which he wants to escape himself in some senses but he can't and uh, that sort of sort of it, it's an emotion that sort of you know reverberates throughout it in very poignant ways i think and there's this one i'll just mention this there's a sensational image where he's facing like towards the See? left no 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 the, the, i know which one you thought <laughs> i i no, no no i'm not saying that one yeah. i'm saying another one uh, okay he's facing uh, to the left i think and mm-hmm. on the right in the background you see the uh, poster of uh, the circle the circle this other sorry yeah yes yeah. and which has the woman facing on the other side and it's <laughs> such a like a, the image itself is like you know mm. this whole dichotomy disconnect being to- torn apart yeah. by the state essentially mm. in in sort of you know feeling like that i feel and yeah. uh, uh so but uh, yeah so that's it uh, i think that's the we won't discuss it more because i think a lot of people have that's one of its least seen films also so anyone who's into mm. slightly slow slower burn cinema sort of like that and into sort of you know it ha- it is a despairing film into that sort of mood please do watch mm. it uh i think it you know it's i i think it's kind of essential in in just tracking how the films move because it the film ends at a moment where a car leaves which is where we end up in taxi mm, uh, yeah which is 2015 if i'm not wrong yeah 2015 yeah. uh which is going to be a proper discussion spoilers whatever whatever because i think it's his, one of his most seen films i think um at least from whatever i know and it basically for most, me his most quoted film i guess quoted? yeah fair enough yeah. yeah so to me this is uh, just to sort of few people in who are, who don't know about it who haven't seen about it but want to hear about this i think it's a combination of his pre arrest city films with 
his poster as anxiety driven films mm-hmm. like i think it's a good combination of them basically him posing as a tra- taxi driver and driving uh, through tehran getting different experiences with different people uh, which include but are not limited to known faces and uh, there are plenty unknown faces some good some bad but the known faces are the ones that i think are make the most impact if that makes sense but uh, Ashwini, you can go for this because, uh, of course, we we talked about close curtain and yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I think I'll I'll uh, okay. You'll okay. Fine. Sure. <laughs> I'll pick up. Uh, uh, fine. I'll go first this time so that Arin, you can go next, and then uh, Amit, and then Ar- uh, Ashwini yeah. can go. But uh, yeah, so I think uh, I watched it recently. Also, I think I rewatched recently. I watched it today. Uh, today morning, I watched it. So. <laughs> I, I really liked it, which what a surprise! I really liked the Panani film, but uh, but yeah, I, you know, initially I slightly pushed back against the notion of loving it because I think there were a couple of sequences in this where I did move over the ambiguity of it being uh, a docu fiction into feeling it is blatant fiction. I think there's one or two scenes where I was like. maybe the performance was like that this i the particular scene i'm mentioning is of some person who's injured on the street and comes into the car and has his wife mm-hmm. crying over it and all that uh and i think that scene was like uh i i was less fond of it but i sort of you know got around it and i think uh one of the things I, i'll tell you the the moment when i really struck with it is this again when this sort of when he stops the car in the middle of nowhere like middle when he's taking these two passengers who are having like this really uh well humorous conversation about why they need to reach a place yeah. to with their two goldfishes uh, yeah. essentially to get them back there because of some superstitious reason i think mm-hmm. uh and he just stops the car in the middle it's almost like he's gotten like this you know shock or panic panic attack of sorts and i was like okay I, like that just sort of breaks that flow of whatever humor is going again where we we can go back to the disruptive flow argument and how that sort of completely is there in this film also um and i think uh once that happened and once sort of you know the film meets familiar faces and sort of you know uh from by the familiar face i mean his uh, uh, niece Uh, yeah. ha- 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 hana ha- it's not hana 100% it's hana probably h a n a saidi who i think is just phenomenal like i am very picky with my child actor performances i find a lot of them very annoying she was <laughs> like perfect like in the sense that i was like i wanted a full movie on her just because you know she has that thing of being captivating as a, as a child like she's smart she's really smart as a child she's perceptive she can see a lot of things uh she's very funny like she the conversations he she has with panahi are great like she puts him down a fair bit and then it's basically like you can't take a joke uh and uh and yeah i think their relationship really made the film in some ways for me and then it then we move towards the ending which is uh which is heartbreaking in many ways uh but before the ending i think there's this lovely moment he has with uh, the flower lady and i thought the flower lady properly you know it's like <laughs> that's what i meant when i said it's too quotable 
yeah 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 but the flower lady is lovely i think yeah uh, and i think it's the way you deliver that type of thing i feel it's not it's not the actual material i think it's just the grace with which she delivers uh, the thing about you know uh, let like what the country does to you or what has what it has done to panahi mm-hmm. and i think uh, that sort of struck a chord uh, a very sort of you know gentle chord and then aryan had primed me a little bit for the ending which follows so i think yeah. it hit me a little less than it should have but it is uh, undeniably uh, tragic painful uh, shocking um, and yeah the, this is the you know the ending i saw, uh, the ending i saw this similar ending i saw in uh, nasir by uh, arun kartik but okay. uh, when did that come out later after after taxi uh, okay again i think uh, that impact that the film leaves you with that mm-hmm. deep sunken feeling again mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with when you watch it i thankfully mm-hmm. watched it uh, way back uh, before his uh, before no bears and all these films came mm-hmm. out even before three faces came out from what i remember so mm-hmm. for me without knowing what would happen going mm. ahead and without uh, without realizing what intensity no a film like no bears would end with mm-hmm. that's precisely why the feeling that i had at the end of taxi has never left me i don't think mm. it ever will mm-hmm. and i think uh, what you say when uh, when you talk about how it may be placed with the docu fiction angle too much Mm-hmm. so much so that it takes you out of the film and no you the- only only honestly only that one moment with okay. the uh, with that no 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 nothing else like i didn't mm-hmm. think much about the docu fiction angle in this apart from when it was uh okay. with the and in that like in those sequences also when it's focusing on these other stories it's commenting a lot on society mm-hmm. iranian society at that time so i think the and angle which precisely yeah that's precisely sure. what made the blend of what's real mm-hmm. and what's not even mm-hmm. more fascinating for me to me because it's it's probably his uh, most evident film where it wasn't evident to figure out to point out on what is real what is fiction mm-hmm. and i think uh, you obviously brought up the niece character which i think mm-hmm. is is not only ineffable in terms of her charm what mm-hmm. charm she brings to the film but it's also central to forming the emotional crux of this film because it, there's this one scene that just adds another dimension to her camera work yeah no just just the camera work but just no no, no her camera me. scene oh no oh no this is different yeah even that even oh, that but okay. precisely what follows after that of her mm-hmm. shooting uh, that couple on the street through the car right when she says that uh, when she talks about how her teacher says to show yes. what's real in class but yeah. not to show whatever oh. whenever the reality gets too real <laughs> too or present yeah. right and yeah. i think that not only through her character the film not only questions uh, the rights and wrongs the do's and don'ts of the society and whatever uh, mm. whatever restriction it is functioning under but she also questions the validity of what's real and what's film in this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. so i think that that character just it's never left me i only watched this film once primarily because of how shook i was with that ending and i just don't see myself experiencing that level of uh, and this is coming from someone who's watched no best no tragedies <laughs> yeah but still i think and the ending for anyone who's not watched i'll be spoiling it but 
what better way to show how you are constantly under the scrutiny of this authoritarian government than to end your film by showing these masked men come and steal the dash cam away from your own you know, vehicle of <laughs> I know. that's that's viable for you after after the film ended i was looking at i was note i had to take some notes so mm-hmm. i rewinded back and i saw um this moment where he hears these sounds mm-hmm. only he hears them and i like when i watch, was watching first i was like is he okay like in my cuz he throughout this film panahi looks very agitated and yeah. very uh, flustered i think like you know mm-hmm. a lot of times i was like feeling uh, a little worried for him because it was yeah. this you know uh, cuz the characters around him are pretty jovial sometimes and they are like mm-hmm. you know light hearted and him. yeah and he's like going out of the car at odd hours just to check people around him and then i rewinded mm-hmm. and he see, he hears those sounds and there yeah. are sounds of the motorcycle motorbike that comes at the end so it's it's also adding it's on kind to the paranoia yeah oh, throughout. Okay. yeah yeah no no it's no no the, the sound isn't throughout but that okay. paranoia i think paranoia is, is looping throughout yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think yeah. it's 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 easily again one of the best movie endings i've ever seen so yeah. much so that i don't want to sit myself through that experience again because of the sheer intensity so you of can it. stop and it before that you can stop it the flower lady <laughs> what's the point <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you when you see those masked men come and steal the dash cam away you see in real time the director going out of focus in the frame and the helplessness that you feel as the audience mm-hmm. it's the same helplessness that we feel whenever mm-hmm. we watch whenever we hear stories like this mm-hmm. and now what it's just experiencing vicariously the same through a film that's you that you know is being made under these circumstances again it's it's just it's profound yeah uh amit yeah okay so like i said i watched taxi on a train so yes like arin said it definitely matters who you watch it and how you watch it mm-hmm. but um i guess i've already heard about the film way long back mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because i didn't know who panahi was back then Mm-hmm. i just read some article or something in paper mhm and that was the first time i heard about this film and yeah that's just a you know nothing really related to the film coming mm-hmm. to the film one thing i found is like even here he uses the whole you know establishing something and using it to create a contradiction or you know evidently using it later on yeah. one thing is that um the first conversations happening in the taxi is between um you know about what is uh, what should be a crime or something like that mm-hmm. not entirely sure how oh yes 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 it's about yeah. uh, when does something become uh, worthy of being capital death punishment i think because yes, i think yes. one of the male customers at the beginning uh, the person who sits in the taxi in the beginning hmm. the male customer is basically like someone stole the four tires of the car and they should be hanged and yeah. then the person before behind the lady sitting behind is a teacher mm. who's basically like mm. uh, a bit appalled and then she questions him and he tries to justify his answer and yeah mm, exactly yeah. like and then later on you see uh, a friend of panahi um, mm. explaining about um, an incident that happened to that yes. guy where um, you know um, again um, there is some sort of contradiction there 
Yes. Like, no, he. I think he, the the that guy who he meets his old neighbor. I think doesn't yeah. complain about this uh, couple yeah, with him because he, he knows complain. that if he complains that uh, they'll get killed. Yeah. Or they get hanged. Yeah. Yeah. So he. Uh, um another thing was like, yeah, 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 um, exactly. obviously amit, the amit sorry sorry reese reese say yeah, yeah. say whatever you said i couldn't hear what you said yeah sorry um no uh, the another thing was um about the niece and her film mm-hmm. of how she defines this whole she has a set of rules just like how every other iranian film, filmmaker has to follow <laughs> yes a set it's a constitution of rules <laughs> exactly yeah so so there's like a, a long set of rules and then after i guess um after this whole meeting with the friend thing happens mm. he asks her about you know is uh, is that how that guy who's giving her the juice was something like that i'm not really sure mm-hmm. because i watched it like one month back i guess mm. so um and then she says something back i'm not i'm not really sure how the conversation went but i guess there was one particular rule on how the names of the characters in the movie that the children were to shoot should be of islamic people, yes like yes that. yes something like that i am also blanking but yes there is some some law on which names can be used which names yeah. should be used which are prior which are not prior sort of like that yeah yeah so like uh, when he asks his niece about how this guy was the the guy who the guy i guess who attacked his friend mm-hmm. which the niece obviously doesn't know yeah and he asked something about the name i'm not really sure the entire context there yeah but there was something like that so he's using you know things over and over again and it really worked working through it i think is what amit was saying uh if he will say again can you say again amit ashwini sir aap aa jao amit ko baad mein amit ka sentence baad mein pura karenge okay uh ye apna disruption tha taxi type hopefully not actually uh but go ahead ashwini yeah all the podcast people feeling that you know anxiety when the speaker has left are this is because amit criticized uh, chup before so maybe maybe that killer is roaming around <laughs> i also i'm not manifesting that, that killer <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i think he's joining again go ahead ashwini i'll message him to join hmm uh taxi uh, i was you know while you guys were speaking i was trying to recall how much of that i view as a piece of uh journalism also and mm-hmm. uh, and i don't find uh, so i remember when i watched it i was not finding a struggle uh, in picking the uh, what is fictionalized what is you mm-hmm. know uh, uh staged and what is not staged because i yeah. i uh, accepted or convinced myself that everything is staged everything is staged here for a purpose he has selected who will sit in his taxi because uh, he's trying to make a statement which is well within his rights of course and mm-hmm. he's trying to also create a 
like I said, again, a presentation of the truth about the mm-hmm. Iranian society. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, because every subject that occupies his uh, space uh, within the taxi has mm-hmm. a story to tell. And that story brings uh, a, a new dimension to the truth, mm-hmm. to the larger truth. And yeah. uh, that is one thing. And again, he's also sort of on a, on a very technical level, I think Panahi uh, is attempting to experiment with the space itself. Mm-hmm. Because, so, uh, illuminate me on the close curtain, wala, but as far as I know, this not a film is completely, uh, of, you know, uh, a flat a house and taxi is a mobile space. Yes, uh, yes. Which is yeah. obviously much more congested mm-hmm. and the entry exit points are very rigid. But, uh, I'll uh, just, yeah, close curtains, also, close curtains also pretty close to Forbeck in the way it's shot. But yes, taxi is more so, I feel. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So taxi, taxi is claustrophobic despite being mobile. Yes, and yes. This, this is not a film despite being immobile. It's not claustrophobic. Yes. Because absolutely. there is a sense of security in yeah. the house. Yeah. However, yeah. the sense of security. At least uh, until the security gets dropped off. Yeah, and um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm talking from a very general perspective. Yeah, yeah, house brings a sense of security. Of course, yeah. mm-hmm. in his case, it also brings a sense of uh, mm-hmm. imposition and uh, yeah. you know the, the whole idea of him being arrested there. So yeah. that, and uh, taxi uh, within the taxi, I think uh, the idea of him being arrested does not exist, but mm-hmm. confinement still does exist. Yeah, yeah, the taxi and close then has been shot in an uh, auditorium of something, right? It's no, no, it's his house, his house, his yeah, okay. uh, not house villa, seaside villa, essentially. Yeah, which Achha. which is constructed okay. in a way which looks like a jail. So, I mean, or they've just made it look like a jail in the way it's constructed. So, whatever that's a cinematograph- mm-hmm. cinematographic feat, except uh. This takes a very different level altogether in Novels again. You see that mm-hmm. there is an entire uh, habitation in which he is functioning and yet yes. the confinement, the sense of confinement still exists. Confinement, I think, is is there all throughout the five films, I feel. Like the sense of yeah. not being able to, you know, find a moment of freedom even. in, in I mean, there are moments of freedom actually, but, but few and far in between. So... Yeah, but I'm not only speaking from the sense that, okay, because he's confined, that's why we have a sense of confinement. I think he's trying to implicate uh, himself, of course, but he's also, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, so, the, I, so I think best way to put it is that if you try to dissociate itself from the idea that he's not house arrested or there is no ban on him, or let's say if you would have played the film to an audience who does not have uh, any idea about Panahi's uh, political uh, mm-hmm. condition right now, they will be able to feel the sense yes. of confinement still. Yes, absolutely. So it's absolutely. not just a function of your awareness that, okay, yeah, yes. he's also arrested that. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be, aware. you don't need to watch it in chronological order, but if you do watch it, there are other, like, there are different things you can gauge through, but if you watch it, like as Ashwini is saying, individually, you'll get a lot of what he's doing in any case. I actually felt, you know, weirdly enough, the dash cam here, like, did it feel to you? Because I was watching it, I was like, whenever it shows like a car coming or something, I was thinking it's going to 
like crash into their car like it felt bigger i don't know the angles did or whatever did but uh, interesting use of and then there's this really interesting use where he like turns the camera away to look at something and then turns it back so it's like you know suspense creation in that sense i thought was magnificent but... i think uh, pana pana uses the same technique na in uh, uh, he, i read you i mean you've given me a good segue to be honest can i move on uh, i know taxi and segue <laughs> uh but uh, del sir aap boliye aap apna sentence end kijiye please <laughs> you yeah, you okay. blanked out uh del is i'm sorry yes yeah. <laughs> yeah so again um like i said he you know creates this whole he's uh, establishes something uses it again which is basic yes. baking technique of course but mm-hmm. um, it is just very well put out here which is yeah. what i feel because um again the whole set of rules given to the niece one of them was sordid realism i guess not yes. really sure again the two and the two words you had written down as part of <laughs> yes, your notes yes. yes i will mention that. i was waiting for okay <laughs> okay yeah. and uh, the same thing is being mentioned by the uh, flower lady who is also a activist i guess she's a lawyer Oh yeah, lawyer. Yeah, something like that. I'm not really sure who. A bard lawyer, barred by her own association. She says hmm. essentially, if Panahi was barred by di- the directors' guild, that's what she. What that's what's happening to him. Oh, oh. T- to her essentially. Yeah. 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 And and I guess she mentions offside too with a reference yes. to a, a very specific case, which is again real. So there is this very um great. weird association of what is fiction and what is real mm-hmm. with the no, but I, of... i think she's mentioning the offside thing is i think she mentions mentions it that the similar a similar scenario what he shot yes. in offside happened when hmm. uh they were going to watch uh, a volleyball game and they were arrested yeah. uh the yeah, uh, but... couple of girls yeah i guess that thing happened in real that whole incident yeah it must have yeah yeah like i i seen some sort of um you know article about that mm-hmm. so like um there is you know whole lot of fiction in this film as well as there is some sort of reality to it i mean the and ending just, is definitely i'm pretty sure he made the ending uh oh, there is no way that definitely I, yes yeah or just called them up ki are yaar at least ha ah, of course like a, i mean what <laughs> chief would drop the memory card Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. so yeah, then that was some sort of. Perhaps they sent a cake with the footage inside. <laughs> no, please no. Probably. Yeah, just cut this out. Can, can I take uh, take the segue to the next stop? Uh, briefly yeah. again, three faces, which is uh, him, his first rural rural set. Three faces, I said right this time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Thank you. Okay, uh, so this is his first rural film. I would like to say, uh, mm-hmm. like it's outside Tehran and outside houses in which he's sort of cramped in because of the arrest. I think this is his first mm-hmm. uh, film, sort of it outside. I think it's located near the Turkish Turkish Iranian border in one of the villages, and I feel that's a similar setting for Nobes also. No, uh, like yes. the, there's a like a different village, I think, but in that sort yeah. of similar setting. But uh, but yeah, three faces are similar setting. You were saying Panapanahi, uh, Aryan. He's edited <clears throat> three faces. Yeah, I know. 
so I think and this has a lot of those 360 panning shots which are there throughout in uh, Hit the Road I think. Hit the Road yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched Hit the Road. Please watch it. Um, I have great. Yeah, I I tried getting a link but oh. we will send you so what are you what are you saying <laughs> we have our own dealer yeah yeah or we can contact the person in taxi uh yeah omed yes omed <laughs> yes oh yeah you'll be happy i had it. so many omeds back in <laughs> school yeah yes but no three faces is the uh, i think the way i sort of describe <laughs> it is uh, it's a it's the rural companion piece to the circle i think mm-hmm. in many ways and uh, i think this is panahi's actually the most distant in this film as uh, a person at least because i think the story primarily is about uh, this actress behnaz jafari she's also Jafari. like yeah real real name real actress she basically gets a video and uh, online and sees some actor who wants to who actor from a village who is stopped by their parents for wanting to learn acting and wanting to become an entertainer she watches the video and it's like a suicide video essentially and she mm-hmm. gets really worried and goes uh with panahi to this village uh to find her and sort of you know i mean she's distressed both because for her and because of her because she's the one who sort of embroiled in all this so the film follows a lot about how they sort of how if she's well the question of if she's dead or not is not the main one it's more or less a thing about them how the two people who the two country people or the people from the countryside sort of navigate the situation once they in the rural country is the rural country any different is it not what kind of amazingly weird traditions do they have mm-hmm. uh and etc etc but uh, yeah uh, we'll go go through it quickly i i i my main note for this is uh, this is landscape prison like i have not seen this like this is the prison in this if the prison in uh, that is the mobile prison in this the la- the way they shoot the landscape it always feels like they are overwhelmed by it like there's no escaping that sort of you know rough i think mm-hmm. it's rough narrow but also like colossal and like uh, yeah I, I, it, totally it feels like they are getting uh, totally overwhelmed and i love how it forefronts uh, puts in the foreground uh, the supporting actresses her mm. activism ahead yes. of panahi Panahi's more reserved and now you begin to see for the first time that mm. even he started to become more conscious of what he's saying what he's what doing he's shooting he's going, mm. yeah of what he shooting this has that little bit of what will follow in no bear where no yeah. bears where mm-hmm. there's yes. this uh, moment between the act with with jafari and the real life person the woman where mm-hmm. jafari calls her empty headed mm-hmm. and she's like oh so you are like these people also you are doing yeah. oh amazing i yeah. think that we yeah. keep talking about how no bears is his most self reflexive film where he's basically critiquing himself i think there's mm-hmm. echoes in three faces oh yeah definitely begin to see those uh, self reflexive cracks begin to appear in him. cracks crack that are <laughs> cracks that in itself are uh, secondary to whatever crushing of uh, crushing of hope basically that uh the circumstances circumstances around him have dwarfed his yes. existence and right and i think again uh, three faces considering what 
budget it was shot on how it was shot i think it is extraordinary uh, regarding how good and well lit the night sequences oh it's movie. the best i i would argue almost the best cinematographic thing uh, panahi has done and there is a lot to compete yeah. for mm-hmm. but uh, what was i saying uh, i forgot amit any thoughts yeah. on three faces oh um, i was about to say it's it's quite funny actually in yeah course, i think uh, yeah. All, all, some of his films not some of his films taxi is very funny i think he has always funny. had this in his poster is very wry wry very kafkaesque humor very everyday everyday like uh, in this to in three faces there's that whole incident which is just kind of downright hilarious i don't want to spoil it for ashwini but there is one mm-hmm. superstition that gets yeah, yeah i don't want to talk where yeah, uh, she yes, sits yes. with the yes yeah, with the, the person yeah, yes yeah that is amazing the gift and, that is given yes and mm-hmm. it is hilarious but it is also yeah. very unsettling in a very yeah. sly way because Absolutely. of how matter of factly it is yes. was spoken out by that man yes and yes. and the shot i still vividly remember even though it's been a long time since i watched three faces mm-hmm. i still remember how that scene is juxtaposed uh, how what follows after that scene uh, it's a very long as shot of uh, panahi sitting and waiting for her to come back in the car yes mm-hmm. and then the fact that while they are going back they literally get uh, disrupted okay yes uh, they can't go Yes. Right away, right back to their, uh, right back to their place, mm-hmm. and the fact that they have to spend the entire night, spend the entire day sitting mm-hmm. back at that village mm-hmm. where they both are feeling very paranoid, yeah. and the fact that you stay with them, yes, yeah. navigate their their own mm-hmm. sense of that space. It's, it's amazing. very mazy, very mazy the village. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but yes, Amit, you were saying. Um. Yeah. Again. Uh. Three phases, I guess, was probably the second most. No, I'm not really sure. I guess close curtains was. I think Nobel has gained a lot of traction because of uh, the second arrest, uh, mm, mm, exactly. and Criterion released it on online. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three phase, I think. Um, I guess again, whatever I might say would probably be a spoiler. So I'd like to keep it very abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like you said, it's much more focused on the actress mm-hmm. Jafari rather than Panahi. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, like uh, this is where you really feel like Panahi has been um, taking the position of an observer in most of his films mm-hmm. post arrest, mm-hmm. which again goes on to Novas, and I guess. It would be better to discuss it over there. Wow, you're doing I my think, job. <laughs> I think again the same uh, him playing in as the observer. I think the same passivity with which he approaches, uh, at least on on paper on screen, hmm. his own passivity uh, also informs how tired he is. Just yeah, yeah. He looks tired in this also. Yeah. yeah, like I mean that you know, like uh, it helps. It sort of informs the performance also, and, and it also um, goes to show that no matter how passive or rigid you become, if you're living in a country that clearly yeah. has these social and political issues that need to be addressed, you are anyways inevitably going to find yourself in the middle of a ruckus. 
absolutely <laughs> i mean it's it's i i think one of the i won't this is not a spoiler but uh, one of yeah. the things which was very telling in this and it's kind of moving because i've seen no bears and i've seen the other ones mm-hmm. uh panahi is basically like uh, uh she asks him to are you going back or something and, and it's night time and like the actress asks him and he's like no no i will sleep in my car this is mm-hmm. the this is probably the place Uh, in Iran, where, where, in, in Iran, yeah. where I'm most safe, or like I'm the most safe, and I was like, it's quite sad. Like, and and to be honest, there are hints in which that safety is also jeopardized in this. Yeah. So like, it's it's that idea of you know safety mm. is not something that that is very easy to come here. And mm. actually, what this uh, just just one last thing, and then we are moving to no passes. I there is this one shot that happened and it's like the briefest uh, because I just watched it, it was like three four seconds and the camera lingers on it is the shadow of these three women dancing oh in a house mm. oh that like, is that is I really like, I'll be yeah. very I I genuinely wept when that yeah. scene came because yeah. of how you know that uh, Panahi films are going to end on this high emotional cathartic note but mm. when I Uh, when I got that mm. moment in the middle of this film, I was like, "Oh my god!" I was yeah. expecting very poignant this, moment, and and one of the very few moments of you know where you see joy, but you see it through, uh, of course, a behind closed silhouette, behind yeah. closed doors. we are going to open doors. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to transition. I think mm. Amit did it better. uh but uh, yes we can no open bears. the doors because there are no bears these are only mm. paper bears these are only stories <laughs> that people make up mm. to make care people of that's it mm-hmm. yeah to maintain a semblance of uh, power and superstition okay i'll let ashwini ashwini and aryan take over for this i'll take a back seat uh and i uh, uh you so you uh, you can start aryan then ashwini then uh, no no i think ashwini go ahead Ashwin, because okay. i have so much you just rewatched it right, right. and i'll mm-hmm. i'll just try not to uh, <laughs> have a breakdown okay <laughs> because yes i i ashwini go ahead go ahead ashwini so three bears ka discussion was long <laughs> enough now coming to no faces <laughs> yeah. yes There are many things that one can say about nowheres. One of the most important things is that nowheres to me represents uh, a set of lies which mm-hmm. uh, which are told to hold people uh, or subjugate people in their places. And it's mm-hmm. also uh, you can it's also reflected in that very brief scene in which Panahi's time is uh, you know uh, engaged by that person he. Encounters while he is going to the yes. to that ceremony thing mm-hmm. before testifying, right? And he just lies to him because he needed some time with him to mm-hmm. bor- needed to borrow some time with him mm-hmm. from him. So, mm-hmm. uh, nowhere is uh, is a is is a lie. Uh, it's an uh, outright lie which is used, but it's also a lie in which uh, faith is. Uh, invested so mm. uh, and by that the, by the virtue of the faith the that lie becomes a truth or a mm. functional truth if not uh, a, a constructivist truth at least mm. a functional truth mm-hmm. which which exists uh, uh, on its appearance now uh, so my 
most important takeaway from Nobel's was uh, obviously uh, there is a lot to say about the nature of truth itself, how how it deals with truth, how the mm-hmm. film deals with. Truth. But also, uh, it also talks about uh, what is the aftermath of the of of filmmakers' intervention in mm-hmm. in any uh, uh, reality. Which, which sort of makes a larger commentary that you cannot advocate to distance yourself yeah. from the reality you inhabit in the process of uh, you know documenting it. So yeah. this is very specific to documentary filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, I think there was this. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Can I interrupt? Just very small question. Yeah, yeah, was there on. a thing with uh, the elephant whisperers recently? Was it something related to this? Like the whole con. Uh, controversy that happened that someone shot it and like they or was it something else i'm just confusing it with no the no best type of uh revealing the truth and not sort of uh i'm not sure i'm not sure if you guys are aware of it also there was some controversy there's been a well, lot of controversy no, around that <laughs> yeah i mean the elephant whispers controversy is primarily about how uh the Couple on which the story is based has not been compensated. Okay, okay, okay. So right. that's different then. Yes, yes. Okay. And, and it's not just a compensation in money wise, but also like you know everything else. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So borderline becomes exploitative. Now this is a question that documentary filmmakers have been grappling with forever. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they are, uh, what whenever they are documenting uh, their subject or event or whatever they are trying to make. They are exploiting as part of reality, mm-hmm. right? And most of the aware documentary filmmakers have accepted and embraced this fact that yes, they are exploiting a reality because their motivations are uh, bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And Panahi uh, in nowhere sort of proves that there is no other way. You are exploiting, mm-hmm. and you do not belong there. So that is the first thing. Okay, you uh, as a tourist do not belong there, and uh, as an inhabitant, uh, you need uh, to you know, remove the camera. If the camera is there, and uh, no matter what, uh, how much time you spend with them, you can never be them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and and that very practice is exploitative, and the aftermath of exploitation is very evident in novels. Mm-hmm. So obviously, novels is is very brilliantly fictionalized. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that everything is happening as a chain reaction of sorts. Mm-hmm. The next event is the outcome of the preceding event. That is not the case. I'm sure mm-hmm. that Panahi scripted the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But 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 he scripted and he ended up making this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that is one thing. So uh, and another thing is that. Uh, what the aftermath in the aftermath of intervention, the exploitation happens because when a filmmaker uh, sort of enters that particular rea- reality, he's trying to they are trying to capture it. Mm-hmm. They adopt a frog eye view, like yes. uh, they are looking in. Uh, they are looking from the inward. Okay, mm-hmm. but they are not able to look inward. They are looking mm-hmm. from the inside, but they are not able to look inward because what they are inhibiting, the reality that they are inhibiting does not exist inside of them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, because they don't belong there. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that is, the, you know, 
the major takeaway for me from Nobel, and which is why I say it's a sort of revolutionary uh, film in both ways, in terms of the content as well as the form, as and also the uh, political goals that it is trying to achieve. I, very achieve much, very be- much so. I, I mean, I, 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 Aryan, you go ahead. I'm just mentioning a small part. I mean, it's. Uh, it's that whole thing, which is why I think when I watched this is not a film, I was like, this is the total flip side, like the flip side in the sense that it is the mirror image of this, essentially. Mm-hmm. If that is an act of defiance on the sense that, you know, keep documenting, this is like keep documenting, question mark, or whatever, mm-hmm. or like not just saying no to documenting or whatever it is, but yes, yeah. It, it poses yeah. this question, this conundrum, and then... As the film screeches to a halt, so does he. He similarly pulls the gear and stops his car. And he recognizes it's that recognition of him uh, picking up on how it is always going to be necessary for him to keep filming, to keep documenting the truth, as we call it. And I think going into No Bears, Dhru, uh, you had watched it first at a New York Film Festival. Yep. In October. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I obviously you liked the film, but you weren't that high on it, or at least you need. I said it. I I was really when I first watched it, I was like I really need to rewatch it because I thought yeah, there are so many exactly. layers to it that if I can like unpick it, like it just keeps on like revealing itself in different sort of ways. So yeah, exactly. And going into Nobes, thankfully I got to watch it at Biff Pune International Film Festival earlier this year in February, and something really amazing happened. It was the most uh, anticipated film that I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to in the in that film festival, but uh, something really amazing happened uh, after watching the film. As I came outside, that's like an hour later. I saw in the top news of that day that Jafar Panahi released from prison, mm-hmm. and it happened on the same day I watched the film. Okay, wow. And that was like. I think it's it's one of the most cathartic experiences mm-hmm. that I've had and watching the film with such a respectful crowd by the end I was I was sobbing I was genuinely sobbing and I was I wanted everyone to sit back and not just start exiting the screen okay that's how mm-hmm. uh, I, I couldn't move that's how that so I I had the same uh, experience yeah. when I watched it the first time. Like I had so in the so essentially uh, in the beginning I was a little you know mm-hmm. I was not sure if the film within a film element and the film itself mm-hmm. what what Panahi was doing was yeah. sort of you know mixing together for me. Second watch, of course, it did very much so and all that, but uh, <laughs> but no, I, the ending happened and I just sank back to my seat and I was like. Mm-hmm. I need to sit through it just to, yeah. you know, take it in because I know that it, when he hits the break, essentially right, yeah. mm-hmm. it hit me. It felt like that, you know, it's, I mean, it's that gut punch yeah. you get of something. I thought that was uh, the one which was, yeah, and you know, I'll remember that. The, yeah. film, the film opens and upon my third rewards today, mm-hmm. I realized how similar the opening sequence in Turkey looks looked to the opening of The White Balloon, which was his <laughs> first film. Okay. And while that film marked the voice of a new promising new age filmmaker, Lobez basically sees him frantically make one last move to make a statement about the operation that he constantly feels dwarfed by. And 
even on my first watch what stood out to me most was while watching the film it was how self reflexive panai had gotten mm. and at first when that moment comes in the third act of the movie where uh, second act end almost yeah yeah where uh, that actress i meena kabani yeah where she basically cross examines panai that wait yeah. what are you doing you can't just so just just to like lay the context for this in this is basically yeah. whoever for whoever has not seen nobas and listening without whatever not not caring about spoilers mm-hmm. i think it's this uh, fact that panahi is shooting a film about mm-hmm. immigration uh, but he can't go to the place so where it's being shot so he's shooting it from the village in iran and his mm-hmm. crew is there directing these people and a lot and i think before that also you can hear in one of the scenes being shot him speaking uh to the actors i think within the frame so i think this whatever you're saying sort of leads into this and again uh, the fact that you basically cut away from the film uh, right right when the film opens up you know that this is unlike a panahi movie this doesn't mm-hmm. feel the soundscape and the the visuals don't resemble uh the conventional panahi uh outlook right and the moment the camera zooms out and you realize that oh it's it's going to play with this formula it's a film mm-hmm. within a film film mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. i think it not only uh, stops at that the fact that he basically cross examines his own footing in the iranian culture but also sit in direct conversation with what sort of control a director himself sits in when he imposes when he basically stages his actors right and i think that scene uh, that we mentioned i think it brilliantly foregrounds his own authoritative role and experience as the man behind the camera he is when, he is one of the bears right yeah and it's but it's that breaking of the fourth wall i guess yeah. where he is beginning to question his own authoritative role behind the camera as how it is perceived by his quote unquote subjects Yeah. And I think that is just <laughs> yeah. No, no, it is. It's that multi-layered thing which I think, and I, I, so I think even feel that it reflects on my relationship with Panahi. With Panahi, exactly. So it like kind what... of just kind of it's like a loop almost of like you know mm-hmm. make four and five loops. Whatever, whatever looming paranoia that we talked about that yeah. we sensed in uh, three phases. I think right from the first scene yeah. that we get of him in this village, in this remote village. you get this perception that he is being perceived as a troublemaker by these uh, villagers yeah. right that they know that oh he has come from the city except for ganbar i think ganbar is quite <laughs> nice in the beginning who learns yes. how to shoot hopefully yes yeah uh, yeah and the very fact that the narrative cascade the narrative portion itself begins from panai taking a picture of a couple that aren't supposed to be together a picture by the way that we never yes. even really see because of that in itself the fact that we never even see the picture in mm-hmm. itself goes to show the triviality of the actual outcry of the villagers of course. Yeah. because they want to maintain and hold on to the semblance of uh, whatever rules that they have made up because we all need to tell stories right to keep things in check and balance and what happens when you cross that boundary again this film is i think Bo- boundaries borders bound- yeah and mm-hmm. that scene i'll get oh, yeah. really emotional if i even go on <laughs> go on go on it's fine you can rave 
there's no stopping people it is for, great i mean that. the scene where he goes out uh, in the middle of the night where uh, uh, what's his name uh, his assistant director right raza yeah yeah raza reza something like that raza Oh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when they are sitting in the car, so basically, hey, he asks him that you came all the way, all the way this far for me, and he's like that it wasn't only because of you. A filmmaker has basically been banned from leaving the country, sitting on the edge of the border. Obviously, I this is the least I could do. Mm-hmm. And then once they reach the border, and uh, he asks them that now what? What happens now? Where is the border? and once raza says that you're standing on the border the way his mannerisms change and the way he steps back i think there's a close up I of mean, his feet yeah it yes. it doesn't just he doesn't just step back we wait we wait until we uh, reach the the shot uh, zooms into his onto his feet and then we see him step back and then he asks <laughs> if yeah. it's so easy then why is it so complicated to cross i just paused this time while watching that scene mm-hmm. and <laughs> no but it's the think... true no it's like the resonances are there so much yeah. especially today everywhere in some sense yeah right? everywhere and you know i think i think it's quite a this might a throw us off the topic but whenever i watched these films especially when i was watching nobes in that theater in that auditorium auditorium i couldn't help but think that will indian filmmakers will contemporary filmmakers ever reach this level of i don't even know what it is but will they ever learn how to bypass the sensors in this way to tell such a such an effective story in this way but then i also have to keep put things into context and realize that this been a certain cultural wave in iran where filmmakers have been challenged to learn a certain way of filming their mm. uh, of telling stories basically yeah. to put them across in a way that doesn't offend or doesn't yeah. uh, clearly offend the government right yeah 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 and it's just yeah <laughs> yes i mean no i will not, i will give uh, no, aryan a rest yeah, so that he doesn't not cry. only <laughs> not only one of the best film endings not only one of the best films i have seen ever but it probably might be the most emotionally affected i have ever been by a film in a theater Definitely. i think it's going to be I, I genuinely think it's going to have like a very it's going to be a seminal piece of work for future film yeah. directors i think yeah whatever i think ashwini was saying about it's like you know ground it is i think ground breaking in some senses amit mm-hmm. on to you because uh, we have been blabbering a lot <laughs> i mean before before we move on to amit i was just going to yes. mention this brief point that uh, how aran is saying that when he puts into the context uh, there has been a certain cultural wave in iran where people filmmakers have been forced to tell their story yeah. in a certain way i think uh, we are almost there mm. <laughs> but i think i film making nahi hai na but i think exactly uh, what i think he said no, what so, i meant is that here filmmakers haven't been conditioned to uh, tell stories through such creative avenues in this way because, because it was never needed to this extent okay and i i just i just hope 
<laughs> that, that is what because, I am lamenting. Yeah. That is something I will never hope because that yeah. that environment is very suffocating. Exactly. But we are almost at the standing at the edge of it. Mm. But the worst part is that most of the filmmakers are compliant and not rebellious. Mm. 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 I I'm not going to so, mention one of the filmmakers I'm thinking of because Ashwini especially doesn't like uh, almost PR with DJ Mohabbat. So, uh, but yes, yeah, yes. Uh, Amit, go. Oh yeah, please. Okay. Yes. Um. So one thing I wanted to say in addition, which isn't really related with the film, is like how Aryan said about how these Iranian filmmakers are conditioned to shoot or film the films the way they film it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen something, um, a, a collection of posts on Instagram a while back. It was Atomic Cinema of Japan. Okay. Bombing has shaped their whole hmm. um, stuff like Godzilla and all. Yes, yes, yes. Which is an interesting read. Which is like a multi-post read, and it is very much in detail. Mm-hmm. I guess you know you should give it a read too. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So coming to the film again, um, as you said, you need more, more than a watch to fully comprehend the whole thing. Mm. But Yeah, I feel like it's a very great film, very different from other Jaspar Banani films in some way, yet very similar in other ways. And I, I guess I haven't really noticed much stuff other than what you've already mentioned in your post on Instagram, like the whole um, him viewing the villagers through the window. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that was the second. Second watch really made me notice the visual language of the film much more. Yeah. Uh, I think the windows, doors, uh, the that uh, pillars, pillars. I think. But he's always he's always been so good at using yes. these uh, tools. These uh. Yeah, but this, this really plays in. This yeah. really plays into the whole camera ka thing, na? What you were saying about distance and like not yeah. being able to be part of that. Mm. I think a lot of times mm. he's away from the action. He has that safety which I have when I'm watching Panahi's mm. films. Which like again, you can like extrapolate that and sort of get lost in a sort of uh, mm. reflective maze. It's like going into like one of those you know carnivals mm. where it's where, where what's that six seven mirrors surround you and you can look at like mm-hmm. different reflections of yourself yeah. but uh, i like the mirror analogy for nobes quite a bit actually i like the cinema is there's i don't want to go harp on much about film theory because mm-hmm. i think it's a bit uh, boring the goal but no i think it's the cinema's mirror thing is basically that what you like i think it's a it's one of those things which goes on to essentially argue that cinema is kind of corrupt or like you know the idea that you know it presents the moment you film something ha it, it presents an, it, the ha because i mean it mm-hmm. sees the viewer as very passive essentially yeah. it says that you know what you capture is an illusion that can never be replicated you know it mm-hmm. can't be whatever that mm-hmm. thing so and in this i think this is the first time the camera which has been such a good tool for panahi i think that's what mm-hmm. makes it the most heartbreaking in some senses yeah. right because it's like cuz 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 it's like you begin at a place where that act of filming itself is defiant with this is not a film right but with mm. no bears that very act of filming becomes corrupt and becomes you know a surveillance mm. device in some senses which like you know reveals stuff about people and their lives and destroys them essentially like it is because panahi's 
very clearly implicates himself in killing uh, in the killing of two people that happens in the film's end mm-hmm. uh, he is not the person taking the action and he doesn't want to take the action like he's not doing it intentionally but yeah. it he it does have un- those I- effects and he and reckons the fact, with them the fact so, that at the beginning of the film you see the same kind of event being uh, being taken the same kind of event the feet washing thing that yes. uh, you see through the camera okay and you see how a groom gets uh, validated by the society by those celebrations cultural celebrations and then at the end at the same place you see two dead bodies yeah as mm. anahi himself watches and dives through it until he i think we never get a close up right or clo- yeah. or anything we just that distant yeah. view of panahi and the village yeah. i think ghanbar only is is it ghanbar maybe he yeah. is basically yeah. like you leave please leave from here you have to go here. yeah you have to go from here you can't stay you can't watch mm-hmm. uh and yeah it's uh, you know that that final stretch is specially just uh disturbing heartbreaking it is disturbing yeah uh but yeah i mean is that it should we finish on I'm... that really despairful note <laughs> uh, and okay. i think the fact that it's just these little things that still go on to uh, evoke a certain sense of uh, evoke some hope that uh, when he is asked to confess basically he he insists on rather shooting it on camera rather than placing his mm. oath on on the quran and then how it backfires because he dares to challenge or not even challenge this question the ritual is yeah yeah i think yeah. challenge is never panahi's yeah. like challenge is <laughs> he is he is of course challenging them through his films but as a person mm. i think i don't know what to think about it because i feel at some point in time i have this also i have a sort of habit to be almost uh, resigned with acceptance mm. i'm like you know what is the point of yeah. arguing or saying or doing yeah. something even though i know there's great value in it you mm. know but you sometimes you're just tired right of like hearing mm. the people mm. not uh, change, willing to change their points of view mm. or like you know being so stuck up in their own points of view that you're just like should i even like talk mm. and i think this this kind of was there in three faces also like there's this bemusement when when mm. they are looking at these people sometimes and it's not condescending at all it's like is half almost i understand what you know like i i understand yeah. it's part of your culture mm. i'm still i still find it so absurd like you know that mm. sentiment is there with all his films i feel like which is why i think they work very well if you are mm. condescending and you shout about it i feel a lot of times that sort of goes like you know that doesn't to me that feels more like white noise it'll like be heard and then slapped out exactly mm. but i mean it's like it lingers so much that and uh, i've always maybe it's just the convenient that we as uh, consumers of movies of culture or content as people call it are we are so used to getting uh, no where is not content okay <laughs> we are not clubbing it as clubbing it in as content that's But an insult maybe up. maybe it's because of how we like to get these summarized uh, portions uh, after watching anything but i have always loved scenes movies that contain certain scenes or just one specific scene that go on to uh, encompass what the actual film is all about okay what it's functioning at and i think 
I'll just say this right now that I genuinely think Nobles is my favorite Panahi film because of that one specific scene where they're just standing at the crossroads in the dark and where we hmm. watch them from the distance and when he asks that wait didn't you say that there are bears so i have to be careful that's why i always need to be with someone with some kind of yes. surveillance or a protective mechanism whatever mm-hmm. and that's when that village or the local says that there are no bears these are just stories made up to scare us mm-hmm. i think <laughs> that is it's it's just <laughs> <laughs> okay i think that's uh, ashwini any last words or should i uh, close it now yeah yeah i mean uh, let's close it soon uh, let's just uh, thinking that uh, how panahi has been the subject of all his films in the poster space yeah. and uh, in nobes uh, like we said that he's critiquing his position and the impact of images and uh, so uh, when taking from the very brief scene in which he sort of attempts to not attempt but mentions in passing that uh, his discomfort with the institutions traditions in the village mm-hmm. and it it triggers a you know almost an argument and all the testifying ceremony gets disrupted yeah. so one comes to think how he is the lie he is like you mentioned through that he is the bear he is one of the bears he is the lion. i mean that's the tragic only thing i mean it's so tragic yeah. because i know he doesn't in- i mean of course he also doesn't intend to be he is trying to help he is the like he is try- like the, that's i think the most dispiriting and despairing thing right like you know you've seen this person try to really fight for things and show Even when he gets persecuted yeah fight for things show things him. which but but then those very things when they Mm-hmm. incriminate the people involved yeah. it is that is the, yeah no no go ahead I'm, that, I mean, it's, yeah. that is because the truth like it's a lamentation only that uh, the existence of truth is so much dependent on belief system mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not just for the traditions themselves but also for the for for whatever is happening within the film They're like him whether he took the photograph or not right mm-hmm. or, or whether there is there are bears along the route or not all of that is an outcome of the belief system so yep. that is why we are not able to ever register that yes he might not have taken the photograph because every time we come very close to believing it that yes that is the truth he does not have the photograph there is something that disrupts it and we are back to our suspicious mind like even as audience we completely do not believe whether panahi took the photograph mm-hmm. or not whether he might not have been taken it very in a in an aware way but it, it got captured you know mm-hmm. so yeah. we always come to come close to believing it without fully believing it so mm-hmm. and and so that reflects the dependency of truth on the belief system it does not become a truth for us or even our belief systems mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. for us for the audience for also the villagers because nobody is able to believe completely mm-hmm. and that's why it's not becoming a truth even in the testifying when he sort of thinks that maybe implicating the camera will register uh, mm-hmm. establish the truth establish it in a very concrete way it does not mm-hmm. happen so mm-hmm. right because truth is be- uh, de- dependent on belief and that's why maybe the quran thing would have worked better mm-hmm. you know 
how they actually had planned it mm-hmm. so in the aftermath you see that three people are dead and mm-hmm. it's not because he caused the death but because his intervention he, he disturbed the reality in a way that mm-hmm. led made the environment conducive of these three mm-hmm. deaths yeah. because all the three people uh, felt com- uh, compelled in, in the, mm-hmm. the couple felt compelled to flee because the environment turned hostile on them and yeah. this baktiar guy felt compelled to lie because again the environment was hostile and he wanted zara to mm-hmm. leave Right. Yeah. So there was a sort of uh, environment which compelled these people to act in a way, and that environment was in uh, adulterated by Panahi's presence. Yes, yes. He is so, the mediator in some senses in both these stories. Uh, yeah, and, hmm? and yet he does not have a moment to stop when he yes. sees the in the in the closing sequence when he sees the dead body. He is startled, but he does not have a moment to stop because. Mm-hmm. reality has passed so the images mm-hmm. have left an outcome mm-hmm. and the images will exist forever now yeah, yeah. so it's very uh, interesting as an experiment but also as a commentary in itself you know no no it's a like I, emotional devastation in many senses i think like i i think it's just more it's when it's what you said i think the whole ideology form content everything sort of have meeting at a very high level of you know at a high level of in, like the intersection point is at like the pinnacle in some senses uh but yeah i mean yeah i think that's that's a great note to end uh, i suppose the discussion on jafar panang uh we look forward always to more films from him uh now let's see what he makes i mean i'm always curious to i think all of us will be always curious to see what whatever he makes even though um, he is being released uh, the supposed ban the filmmaking ban is still there yeah till 20 years 20 years so i think it was imposed in 2010 or 2011 so what till mm-hmm. 2030 31 uh but yes and maybe travel ban is also still in effect if i'm not wrong mm-hmm. right yeah. okay yeah uh so yes thank you thank you so much for listening um i will be editing this episode extensively so that it is in <laughs> listenable shape for every listener i hope we find new panahi fans uh we mm. communicate non panahi fans to watch some panahi films at least and mm. uh, and please watch his son's film also that's also great yeah uh, uh, hit the road uh, it's really good film and uh, thank you so much for listening and mm. you can follow yes i see i forgot almost you can follow all these people wonderful people who accompanied me on this episode on instagram letterboxd uh, i think those two are the main places and i will be linking all the handles and information down there uh, but yes uh, khatam